0: Thank you so much, Dr. Wang, for meeting with me today to talk about the new uh, lung cancer screening guidelines. To start out, would you like to introduce yourself and your research interest?
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Brian Wang. I'm a thoracic surgeon. I'm also the medical director of lung cancer screening for Hartford HealthCare.
0: Uh, I've got research interests mainly in thoracic oncology. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you again for joining us today. To get started, um, what are the new lung cancer screening guidelines and why are these changes important?
1: Well, the new lung cancer screening guidelines uh, eliminate the quit date for people who have smoked. And uh, just for some background, uh, lung cancer screening really uh, came into uh, the forefront with the National Lung. Screening trial that uh, in 2013 uh, established our uh, current or or our previous criteria of ages uh, 55 to uh, 74, a 30 pack year smoking history, and either current smokers or people who have quit within uh, 15 years. Um, More recently, in 2021, that criteria was expanded, which um, was aimed at capturing more people. So it includes more uh, people who are younger, uh, people who are 50 uh, to up to 80, um, and uh, people who have smoked 20 pack years or more. Now, um, with the new guidelines recommended by the American Cancer Society, It doesn't really matter when you've quit. Um, As long as you've had the burden of 20 pack years, meaning the equivalent of smoking a pack per day for 20 years, that could be a half pack per day for 40 years or two packs
0: per day for 11 years, et cetera, et cetera. To continue on this thought, I did notice that the American Cancer Society Journal, they wrote an article regarding these new guidelines titled uh, Lung Cancer Screening Guidelines, Smoking Matters, Not Quitting. And you begin to mention this. So I wanted to ask, why is it vital that we're shifting our focus from quitting smoking to all individuals who have smoked, even if they've quit 20 to 30 years prior?
1: Well, we recognize that there is a smoking-related risk for up to 80% of lung cancer, and we have Uh, people in different ethnic groups that have various dispositions toward mortality and new diagnoses. We're trying to eliminate some of the disparities that are apparent in um, the way we treat lung cancer amongst the whole population. And there are variations in how much people smoke, the intensity of smoking, uh, despite there being a higher mortality and higher number of cases, uh, especially uh, among uh, black men. Um, Black men also are uh, less likely to be diagnosed early enough uh, compared to the white population. Um, They're less likely to have things like surgery um, and other very um, successful curative measures uh, when lung cancer is detected early enough.
0: I'd like to ask you, what kind of challenges do you and other clinicians face with screening? And how do these changes potentially alleviate those challenge or future challenges?
1: Well, believe it or not, there is a lack of awareness. Um, we're trying to change that. And thank you for this opportunity. Um, about 70% of people uh, don't know about this. Uh, people are eligible and see their primary care physician uh, are not having this conversation. Uh, They don't know. Uh, Primary care physicians are not uniformly on board with uh, uh, embracing uh, uh, this measure. Um, In various uh, socioeconomic uh, areas that are more depressed, we have healthcare system that is under more uh, stress from um, uh, volume of patients. Um, They're understaffed basically, resources are lower. So um, we really need to have uh, things aimed at not just more awareness, but also helping places that need more help in terms of resources. And fortunately, there are a couple of things that uh, have recently happened that address that. Um, Here in Connecticut, for example, um, a measure was passed in our state legislature that um, um, will pay for more support staff uh, directed at lung cancer screening. Um, Also, um, CMS, uh, which is Medicaid basically, has eliminated the guideline um, or the uh, requirement uh, for a shared decision making conversation uh, to be performed by the physician or non-physician practitioner. Uh, Now a healthcare educator or other ancillary staff can have that conversation which frees up the physician and um, it all uh, should open up the
0: bottleneck a little bit. Final question that I wanted to ask you is, um, are you hopeful for any additional changes in the future that you think should also be implemented.
1: I am. Uh, I'm glad you asked that because, uh, it, as much as we recognize that smoking is a problem, there are other things that impact a, a person's risk for lung cancer. And there's, um, you know, I alluded to 80% being smoking related. The other 20% of people who have not smoked and gotten lung cancer uh, also deserve some attention. Uh, we know that uh, also the women are uh starting to outpace men actually I haven't started they've been so for over 10 years uh at the younger age groups and as they get older you know they're they're also going to start dominating all age groups um basically uh family history should be taken into account a personal history of cancer should be taken into account uh we should have uh, uh other risk factors that are um Um, Being recognized in recent studies, uh, there's one uh, from JAMA Oncology recently that showed a risk model approach uh, when looking at the uh, ratio of people eligible to the incidence of lung cancer uh, and how that varies across uh, different ethnicities. We're finding that using these models helps to increase that eligibility to incidence ratio. Uh, It's actually quite striking when comparing the white population to the other ethnic population so that when using this model, uh, they demonstrated a narrowing of that gap between eligibility and incidence. So I think that's gonna be coming down the line. I also think we're gonna have more quality metrics incorporated into the efficacy of our lung cancer screening programs so that we have More uniformity, we better know what works and maybe can um, direct resources toward the places that are underperforming where we still have a population that is uh, relatively underserved and
0: uh, have worsening numbers. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely um, a lot of things to look forward to, a lot of things to um, stay hopeful for. So thank you so much for your passion on this topic. And thank you so much for your research and meeting with us today to help spread the word of this. So thank you so much, Dr. Wayne.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much.